afternoon. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Masechah Kedushin Daf Samach Vav, and we are starting about eight or nine lines from the bottom of Samach Vav in the days. At the words Amar Abaye. Today we're going to be learning at length the whole entire day, all the way until the Mishnah for the bottom on Samach Vav in the days about the dinim of Eid Echad. The Gemara says in the name of Abaye, Amar Abaye, Amar Lo Eid Echad Achad Chelav. Let's say I walk over to you and I say, you just ate the fats of an animal that are asr. And the Gemara says, and you take the punch. You don't you don't respond at all. So the din is naman. The din is that it seems to be that I'm correct and you're guilty. And therefore, the Mishnah would align with this. We have a b'risa that says as follows. You seems to be that you've eaten chelev. In a slightly variant case in the Mishnah, it says that he that you argued against me and said, no, I didn't eat chelev at all. In such a case, putter, and the Gemara infers from there, So in case number one, it seems very clear. But if I walk over to you and accuse you of something, which would then generate the need for a korban, eating chelev being the example, if you push back on me, then I'm not believed. If you are shosek, then it's shtika kehoda adamya. Your silence is, is the evidence that you're guilty. And the Gemara presents another case that's very similar. We'll see three very similar cases, and then we'll have to ask why we need all three. And five lines from the bottom, the Gemara says another case. I say, uh, hey, I'm watching you do some work. You're the, the bread that you've been working with for Taros. They've all become Tameh. And and you're silent. The halacha is that I'm Neman to make such a claim against you. The Tanatuna here too, we have a Brisa from which we can make an inference that this din is true. Omer Nitmu, if I say about you that all of your taros have become tame, Bahala Amar Lo Nitmu, if you push back against me and say, No, they were not tame. So then the Allah is that you're a potter, and that you've done nothing wrong, and you're allowed to push back on me. Totally fine. But the inference from here is as follows. Taima de Amar Lo. The reason why is because you pushed back against me. But but if you would have said nothing, then the halacha is that Mehemen, that my claim against you would have been believed. Two very similar halachos, Chelev and Taros. Case number three, also very similar. Amar Amar Lo Nirva. Let's say that I say about you that you're sure that your animal was Nirva, that there was uh, an act of sodomy that was done to that animal. And Rashi says at the top of the page, and we are also on the top of the page on Samachavavamadalev, Rashi says um, that it's now going to be Asr for a korban. So the Gemara continues, if I say that about your animal and Vahala Shosek, but you say nothing, the halacha is Naman, that I'm trusted to make that comment. And here too, the Tanatuna, we have a Brisa that by inference would be able to infer such a thing. This Brisa is not quite as easy as the previous two. The Gemara says, Second line on Samach If an animal was used for an Avera, or if it was uh, and it killed based on the testimony of one, um, or if it was um, uh, or if it was based on the Bailam themselves, we'll have to see what this phrase means. The Gemara says, The Gemara says that he's trusted. And the Gemara now analyzes this Brisa of the Batana uh, Tuna in order to prove the case of Shor Hanirva. The Gemara says, wait one second. Hi, al echad, hechidami. What does it mean, al echad? Either kamodu bailem, hainu al habailem. We already have the language al habailem. So when you say both the language of al echad and the brisa, and the language of al habailem, why is it that we have both of those languages? And the Gemara responds, el alav, it must be, 
that we see over here that the reason why we trust, um, we assume that when I make a claim of Shorcha Nirva and you are silent, we assume that when it says the Kamodu Bailam, we're talking about the Shasik where they are silent. So therefore, we have three cases in a row. We have um, the case number one is about Chela, we have case number two is about Taros, and case number three is about Shorcha Nirva. And the Gemara says five lines down on Samech Baba Meralef, Vitzricha. We actually need all three of these cases because we would have made a mistake if we didn't have all three of these cases. It says the Gemara as follows. If I only had the first case, the case about me making a claim about you, that you've eaten Chelev. Therefore, there in that case, if in fact you didn't do that Avera, you for sure would have said something because in that case, you would have been very careful to be honest about your own errors. Your silence has to be that you're guilty because otherwise you would never bring a korban that you now need to bring if you violated the Isra Bachil HaSchelev. If you bring a, a korban when you're not allowed to, that is uh, bringing Chulin La'azara. That's an Isra Deoraisa, and you're not allowed to do that. So therefore, we understand that the silence over there, we understand why you're Naaman with that silence in the case number one. Aval, in regards to the second case, Nitzmahu Tohoro Secha, Meimar Amrinan, Haide Shasik, Tzavar, Azin Levi Meitumaso, Okay, it's Tameh, no. Big deal, the Taros are Tameh. I'll save them for when I'm Tameh. If a man becomes a Zav or if a woman becomes a Nido or a Zava. Whatever the Tuma status is. Okay, I'll save that food for another time. It's not the same gravity as the first case. And therefore, we need to have case number two. Case number one, we were concerned about Hulan Bazar. So for sure, he has to make sure his silence is for sure deafening. But in regards to the second case, not necessarily. So we needed both cases to be presented in order to make sure that we knew that both cases were Nehman. That if I make one of these two claims against you, that you're still going to be considered guilty. And and if you had only the second case of the Taros, Mishum de Kamasi Levi Metaraso, granted you're losing out on them. You can't eat them when you are Tahor, if in fact they are Tameh. Aval says the Gemara Shoro Nirva, but in regards to the case of the animal, where there was uh, where the animal was nearby, where it was sodomized, big deal. Okay, so then I won't bring that animal as and therefore Tzricha, we need all three of these cases. Lemaisa, all three of these cases: the case first of Chelev, the second case of being Matamed Taros. And the third case is the case of Shorcha Nirva. In all of these cases, if I make a claim against you and you are Shosek, the halacha is that um, my claim is correct. <clears throat> and we brought all three cases because all three cases are not perfectly comparable. Let's continue with our discussions about how how far we trust in Eidecha. The Gemara says about 12 lines down, If a woman was Mizana and the witness was only one witness, and when the husband heard about this, he was so sick, he was silent. So if this formula happens, Mahu, what is the din? The husband didn't see the woman do anything. An aide saw the woman do something, and she told the and the aide told the husband, and the husband was so sick. Amar Abaye Neaman. That uh, that means that we believe the claim of the aide Echad. And Rava Amar Eno Neaman. And Rava shares the most classical reason, though we'll see new understandings of it shortly. Why is he Eno Neaman? Because have a Dover Shebeerba, Dover Shebeerba, Pachos Mishnai. We can't say that she was Mizana based on one aid because it's Dover Shebeerba. And whenever we're dealing with Varm Shebeerba, Ain Dover Shebeerba, Pachos Mishnai. Now Abai is going to give a couple of lengthy attempts as to how he knows that he's right, that at times we do trust even one person in regards to Edus. The Gemara says a third of the way down, Amar Abaye, Mino Aminola. 
how do I know my shita that one aid can bring about a scenario where we then assume that the woman was Mizana? The Gemara says there was a story. There was a blind man. He was the one who had memorized all of the Mishnayas, and he did so for the sake of Marshmuel. Maybe he did it for himself as well, but he was the one who would present Mishnayas Balpet. Yomachad, one day, Nagale, the blind person, was late to the base medrash, and they didn't see him coming down the street. So, Shadar Shlicha Abbasre, Marshmuel sent someone to go uh, knock on this guy's dorm room, or whatever the case may be, go to his house, uh, just to make sure everything was okay, and to bring him to the base medrash. Um, when the shliach was, uh, he took path A to get to the person's house. While that happened, the guy had taken the samya, the blind person took path B to get to the base medrash. So they just walked in different directions. Um, uh, and then the Gemara says, uh, when the shliach came back, he had apparently seen that the blind man's wife was Mizana. Omar, Ishtozinsa, he said, unfortunately, the person who's Misadar Mishnayis, the blind person, that Ishtozin said that his wife was uh, was dishonest and she was with another man. So this man, brokenhearted, he went to his Rebbe and said, Rebbe, what am I supposed to do? So we had a, we have an Ammonus issue because there's only <laughs> there's only one aid. And the Gemara says it like this. Marshmul says to the man whose wife potentially cheated on him, if this person is believable to you, Zil Afka, then yes, you need to remove her from your life. Namely, we assume that she's guilty. Vilo, if he's not Naaman to you, then Lotafik, then you don't have to remove her from your life. My love, doesn't this Shita mean, doesn't this response of Marshmul mean that that if we believe in him in that he is not a thief, in other words, he's a valid witness. If in fact he's a valid witness, who then then, then we trust him, and if not, not, which implies, like Abaye wanted to say, and this is a brisa to support him, this this then implies, uh, it's actually not a brisa, but it is a story. <clears throat> a brisa would have been introduced with Tanu Rabbonan, Tanya, Tnan, Tanatuna, a whole bunch of uh, different possibilities, but over here there's none of that. It's actually a story in the early times of the Amorim. <clears throat> so the question comes from Marshmuel, and Marshmuel was the one who said, well, oh, it must be that if this guy is a real aide, then in fact your wife is assumed to have been Mizanam. So Abai has uh, some footing to stand on. And to this, the Gemara responds as follows. We're halfway down, just about halfway down on Samach Baba Maral. The Rava, no. It says, no, but a very unique answer is that if you trust this one person as though he's two, then yes, you have to remove your wife. But if you don't trust him like two, so then you don't have to remove her. This is, a, again, very, very, very interesting language um, because who cares if he's one person that's considered two or one person that's considered one? That's what the Gemara seems to say. So uh, therefore... <clears throat> Rava is not rejected based on the comments of Marshmuel, even though the, the comments of Marshmuel do seem to align like the Shita of Abaye, but Rava is able to explain away. Let's try another raya for the Shita of Abaye. The Gemara says, How do I know that one aid should be trusted in this case of a man claiming that Ishto Zinsa? The Gemara says, The Brisa writes as follows, there's a story with Yanai Hamalach, the king. He went to a particular location in the desert, and he captured 60 communities. On his way back, he was an extremely happy person after his conquest. And he called in, he called a party, he invited all of the Chachamim to come celebrate the conquest. 
Amar lahem, he said to them, Avoseinu hayu ochlin maluchim bezman shahayu asukin bevinyan besim mikdash. Back in the day, when the Jews were building the base of Mikdash, they used to eat maluchim. So what's maluchim? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi is a quarter of the way down on the page. It's some type of uh, tasty vegetable. Didn't know those things existed. So this is something that they used to eat. So uh, Yana HaMelech wanted to do something that was reminiscent of the past. And he said, We should do the same thing. And he got this vegetable that everybody used to eat back in the day, and they ate them as a commemorative form of what had happened in the past when the Yidin were building the Beis HaMikdash, and they ate Malucham. There was a guy there, Ishlates. This man was a late, he was a scorner. Levra, he had a, a bad heart. He was just an awful person. This was his name. And he said to Yanai HaMelech as follows, Yanai HaMelech, Libam Shel Prushim Alecha, the hearts of the Prussian, the hearts of the Chachamim are against you. So Riyana Melech says back to, El, uh, to Elazar ben Poira, what would you like me to do? So Elazar ben Poira said, Go put on the tzitz, the garment that the Kohen Gadol would wear on his forehead. Go get it and put it on. And he happened to have been a Kohen Yanai, or was he? We'll have to see what the story in the Gemara, uh, what the Gemara says about that. And he says, put it on. And then Hakim Lahem, uh, so then he put it on and everybody stood up because that's the din by the tzitz that they had to stand up there was an old man there but Yehuda ben and this man's name was Yehuda ben Gedidiyah and he complained to Yanai and he said isn't it enough that you're already the king and you're wearing a crown just stay in your lane. Leave the tits for the uh, for the children of uh, of Aaron Akoin. In other words, there was an assumption up until now that Yanai Melech was a Kohen, and because that's true, he should have been able to wear the tits. But Yehuda ben Gedidia said, "You're not a Kohen." Because there was a rumor about Yanai Melech that his mother was Nishbeis, that she was held as a captive, and because she was held as a captive. She is therefore considered to have been violated, and therefore she's not supposed to marry a Kohen. And the child of that union was Yanai, which means that he's a Cholo, which means that he should not be wearing the tits. Now, um, they started to do some research on whether or not this was actually true, and it turned out that there wasn't enough information to assume that Yanai wasn't a Kohen. And, and he separated himself from the Chachamim in anger. But Elazar ben Poira wasn't done poking the bear. The Gemara says 15 lines, 20, 20 lines from the bottom. Come on, Yana Melech. If had you been a head Kahudino, you just want to be angry at them and ask them to leave. That's considered sufficient. You're both a king and you're a coin gadol, and you're giving them this little flip of the wrist that just everybody get out, and that's okay. No big consequence to them. So Yana Melech says back to Elazar ben Poira, what would you like me to do? He responded, If you're going to listen to me, then Ramsem, Rashi, Ramsem, three fourths of the way down, maybe two thirds of the way down, hard game. You should kill them. The Yanai Melech was a good guy at the time. And he said, Wait one second, the Torah, what's going to be with the Torah? 
if I kill all the Chachamim, who's going to be able to teach Torah? So Lazar ben Poirot responded, Don't worry. The Torah is sitting up in the corner. It's over there in the, in, uh, in the Aron Kodesh. And there will be other people who will learn. We'll be able to replace these guys. When he heard this story, because Nachman Rayetzlag lived much later, he said, And in fact, uh, in, the, in the earlier versions of the Gemara, Nizrukabo Minus, uh, it's considered to be heresy. What is the heresy that it entered into his head? To have a Leila Memar, what Yanai Amalek should have said back to Elazar ben Poira is, I could understand. People can go pick up a scroll and learn Breshis Bar Lukim all the way to the end, all the way to the end of Sefer Dorm. They can figure that out. However, Torah Shabal Peh, what's going to be with the Torah Shabal Peh? So, first of all, Yanai Amalek should have argued that because he was a smart guy, he knew what he was talking about. And second of all, that also means that it's considered heretical to only believe in the Torah Shabbat and not the Torah Shabbat. And there was a gentle implication over here that Yamai either forgot. That's why it was Nichnas Bo, Nichnas Bo, Nizruka Bo Apikorsas, because that's ridiculous. The Torah on its own in a vacuum is uh, it's, it's cryptic. There's no way to understand it. We spend every day in Shas trying to figure out what one Pusik means, what one letter means. We're going to see by the end of the day today what one half of one letter means. We're constantly trying to figure out what the Torah means. We work very hard to do that. It's not a simple task. It is apicorsis to say that you only believe in the Torah Shadduch So how could Yanai Melech ignore the Metzias? How could he ignore the fact that the Torah Shabbat needs to be explained as well? Nevertheless, Yanai did not say anything back like that to Elazar ben Poira. Miyad, al Elazar ben Poira. And all of these terrible things happened because of Elazar ben Poira. And all of the wise people of the Jewish people. And the world was silent, dormant. There was no real Torah growth at that time. Shimon ben Shetach, his sister was the one who was married to Yanai. So he was spared in all of the murders. That's what Rashi says. Uh, Rashi says, uh, 15 lines from the bottom, Shimon ben Shetach, Achi Ishtohaya. He was the brother of the wife of Yanai. Okay. So then, End of the story. It's a very long argument for Abaye to put up with. Abaye is trying to show us, remember where we started. Abaye is trying to show us that one aid is able to determine status in regards to Znus. Normally we say, uh, so now the Gemara analyzes what we just learned. We're four lines from the bottom. If when we were talking about the mother of Yanai and two witnesses said she was held captive, in which case she's not allowed to marry a Kohen, and therefore Yanai Hamalach would be a Chalal. Or there were two witnesses against those two witnesses that said, no, that we, we know that the mother was not Nishtaboy, she wasn't held captive, and therefore uh, the marriage was acceptable, and therefore he's considered a regular Kohen Yanai. So then, that's not a right, that's just a machlokas, that's just a subject. We don't know how to paskin in that case. That can't be what's going on over here. Well, perhaps it must have been that there was one aide who testified that his mother that Yanai's mother was held captive. And the time to come back, she lay betrayed. And the reason why the Eid Echad lost 
Remember, we said in the conclusion it was Nimsa. So if you have one aide saying that yes, she was held captive, and then you have two aides saying no, she was not held captive. So the two knock out the one, and therefore we assume that Yanai was a proper coin. But what we infer from here is Halabhahi Mehemin is that without the betray, without the two people competing against the one, we would have to assume that the one would then be trusted. We therefore see, granted at great length, we therefore see Abaye has a proof that one aid is trusted in regards to Znus, because one aid was able to say that Yanai's mother was considered to be Nishpais. Granted, in this case, we didn't believe that one aid because there were two Aidim who opposed that. That was why Nimsa. But the Maisa had those other two Aidim not been there, we would have Taka trusted the one aid. So the Gemara says, with Rava, what would he say? Rava, because remember, Rabbi and Rava are arguing about the case of Znus. Rava says you need two Aidim. Abai says you need one. Says the Gemara, with Rava Amar, no, Shrey Utrey. Really, we're talking about a case of two and two. In another context, not here on the Meforshim over here on the side, it says this is quoting a Gemara Yuvamos, one that uh, we're not going to refer to now uh, in detail. But just like over there in Yuvamos, there was a case scenario where there were two Adim against two Adim, and one of them turned out to be Ede Hazama. So maybe the same thing is true over here. Really, it is Trey Utrey. And in regards to Yanai's mother, maybe two witnesses said, uh, yeah, two witnesses said she was uh, taken as captive, and two witnesses say she wasn't. And then the Aidim who said she was taken as captive became Aide Hazama. How could you tell me that you were where Yanai's mother was? You were with me in Honolulu. There's no no shaykhs to your argument at all. They became goners. And then the only shita that was left was two Aidim who said she was not Nishbez. And therefore, Yanai is a perfectly fine Kohen. Another way that Rava could wriggle out of this proof is that they actually swapped out his wife with a shivcha, and Yanai was a daughter of that shivcha and not of who, who we think his mother was. And therefore, perhaps uh, the Adim over there were uh, were not even relevant. We weren't even talking about that case at all. Maybe what they found out had nothing to do with Adus. Yes, maybe the mother, maybe the mother was uh, Nishbase. Maybe she wasn't Nishbase, but the Maisa doesn't matter because that woman wasn't his mother. Difficult thing to say because, uh, as Rashi says, at the bottom of the page, Difficult. But nevertheless, but that's what the Gemara says. So Abayi has tried twice to prove his Shita. Let's now move over to the Shita of Rabbah. How do we know that we need two Adim in regards to Dover Shavu Erba? Last two words on Samach Vav Maral. Amar Rava, Samach Vav Mebez. Mina Aminala. From where do I know that there is such an idea that you need two Adim for Dover Shavu Erba? Says the Gemara, Ditznat. The Mishnah writes as follows. This is a Tosefta in Maseches Miklaus. Amar Reb Shimon. Maisa b'Megurashel Diskim. There was a story about a pool uh, from the city of Diskim. It was a Mikvah. Uh, it was a, the word diskim is a bit of a discussion over here. It could be a name of a person. It could be the name of a place. And it was physically uh, within Yavne. So it might have been a neighborhood in Yavne or a person who lived there. Our assumption was at the time that it was exactly 40 did And then someone uh, measured and they found, they found that it was actually a little bit less than 40 saw. So how do we view all of the things that went into that mikvah, all of the tevilos that were prior to this moment? Do we look back and say, well, if it's 39.5 saw now, so everything beforehand is asr, tame, Or no, do we say that, no, uh, we only start our concerns now, but everything beforehand is fine? This is a machlokest tanoim. 
Kol taro shana salgaba, everything that was used in that mikvah from prior to that moment. Of course, you can't go in the mikvah now because we now we know it's 39.5. But before checking, we assumed it was 40. Hayyarebi tarfo metayar and rebbe kivu metamit. So machlokas about everything that goes prior. This is reminiscent of the Mishnah. In the beginning of Masechet Nida, when a woman is Poresis Nida, when she's working on Taros, how far back do we have to be concerned that she was Taka Nida? Here, slightly different. So that's what the Gemara presents as this Machlokas. This is a lengthy Brisa as well. The Brisa says, Amr Tarpon, We had a Chazaka up until now. Why would you assume that it was always like this? We had a standing Chazaka. And because you don't know when the amount of water got less than 40 feet. So you're going to assume everything, therefore, is besafek. Reb Tarfu does one here, but al-tach Don't make everything bad because of a possible suffix. The chazaka was there. The chazaka was standing, but it was 40 suffix. You're right that the pool, the mikvah, has a chazaka of tara, but the man going into the mikvah has a chazaka of tuma. If you're going to say, to stick with your original chazakos, what do you want me to do? You can't say that you're going to remove your chazaka, his chazaka of Tuma, man goes into the mikvah tummy. You can't remove his chazaka because you have an assumption. Your assumptions might be wrong. And therefore, the man's starting chazaka, his pre-existing chazaka is that he was tummy, so therefore he remains tummy. Amr Tarfun, let's talk this out. Rabbi Tarfun says we're 10, 12 lines down. Let's compare this to a case of a Kohen who's in the middle of his avoda and uh, they're bringing korbanos on the mizbeach. Then they tell him, after a day's of work and doing dozens of korbanos, by the way, I forgot to tell you, you're really puzzled for avodah because you're a ben gerusha ben chalutza. So aloha it doesn't matter. Everything that he did before in Shavodah we don't assume that, uh, that, that all of his previous work was problematic. Look, I hear what you're saying, but your mashal is not a good mashal. Because really, the more appropriate mashal is like this. Yes, the Kohen is standing there on top of the Mizbeh. He just finished a dozen korbanos uh, for the day. And now we find out that he's a Balmum. Maybe somebody saw him changing as he was a Kohen, and uh, he put on some of his uh, Kohen vestments, and then he goes out and he does a couple of korbanos, and someone says, by the way, I saw the Kohen changing. He's a Mum. He's a Balmum. It says the Gemara that if a Kohen was a Balmum, so that's more permanent in nature, then Shavodah Sopsula. So Rabbi Akiva says that that din is more accurate, is more aligned with our case than the case of the Kohen who became a Ben Gerusha Ben Chalutza. So let's review. Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon wanted to compare our case to different things. Remember, our case is the mikvah that used to have 40 saw, and now it has 39.5. So what happens with all of the korbanos that were done up until we determine the amount of liquid? Rabbi Tarfon was of the Akiva, Rabbi Tarfon was of the opinion, excuse me, that it's all considered fine. All the previous korbanos are fine. And he compares it to a case where a Kohen is now known to be a Ben Gerusha or Ben Chalutza, where Abu Daso Kshera in the past, we're not worried about what happened in the past. Everything is kosher. Masha'enke and Rabbi Akiva compared the case of the mikvah that's chaser and assessing all of the previous korbanos where he says that they're all tame, not to a case where a coin was determined to be a ben gerusha or a ben chalutza, but rather to a case where it's determined that the coin is a balmum. Amar Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Tarfon says, we're a third of the way down, heading toward the Mishnah. He says, you wanted to compare our case to a case of a Balmum, where there is an inherent flaw in the Kohen. 
Shavodasa Psula, and that's never going to be okay. All of his past avoda, uh, all of his past korbanos are going to be possible. But I wanted to compare them to something else. So nearer the midoma, let's analyze and see <clears throat> which of these two examples, the Kohen who is determined to be a Ben Grusha or Ben Chalutza, or the Kohen who is now determined to be a Balmum, which one of those is more similar to our case, where the mikvah is now nimdad v'nimsachaser, and we have to question all of the previous korbano, previous tevilos that were done in that mikvah. If the comparison between the case of the mikvah and our case of a Kohen is to the case where he becomes a Ben Gerusha Ben Chalutza, so then, then we should treat that mikvah case like we did the other case, which is Avodaso Ksheira. And if we want to say, and if you want to say that the mikvah case is like Rabbi Akiva and compared to um, a Kohen who was then determined to be a Balmum, Nidonenu ke Balmum, then we should assess that person to be a Balmum, and therefore Avodah Psula, because if in fact we found a Balmum that way, and we're going to learn the Mari Makomos for these two things soon, then we would assume Avodah Psula, same should be true by the Mikvah, that the Mikvah, according to Rabbi Akiva, is compared to a case of a Kohen who is now found to be a Balmum, and therefore everything's possible. Tehischil Rabbi Akiva Ladun. Rabbi Akiva turned on the Yerusha cup, and he started thinking. And he won over Rabbi Tarfon in one comment. Mikvah, psulo biyachid, ubalmum, psulo biyachid. A mikvah can become possible with one person, and a balmum can become possible with one person. But you're not allowed to bring any comparison from the case of the mikvah to the case of Ben Gerusha Ben Chalutza. Because the case of Ben Gerusha Ben Chalutza requires two people to passel, and the case of the mikvah only requires one. Davaracher, another approach. Mikvah psula begufo, balmum psula begufo. <laughs> if you have a mikvah that's broken in a way that it's possible begufo, or if a person has a moon where he's possible begufo, the al yochiach Ben Gerusha Ben Chalutza shapsula me'acherim. You can't compare that to a case of a Ben Gerusha Ben Chalutza where he's not the one who did anything wrong. Somebody else did something wrong. His mother did something wrong. So therefore, you can't compare the two. After hearing these two svaras, Rabbi Tarfon was kafuf, and he said, Omar le Rabbi Tarfon Akiva, kola poresh mincha, ke poresh Anybody who leaves you, they're off of life support. That's as if they've left life, at, uh, left life and they're no longer alive. Your svaras are perfect. Nothing wrong with them. He gave two beautiful svaras as to why it has to be that our case, the case of the mikvah that was in and how we assess the previous Tzvilos in that mikvah, it is not comparable to the world of Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza for two reasons. Number one is that Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza requires two Eden. And number two is Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza is not that guy's fault. It's his parents' fault. Masha Ein the other case of a Balmum, which is Begufo, <laughs> that is that, that makes much more sense to compare that. And that also only requires one, <laughs> one person uh, to make a mikvah puzzle, so it's more comparable to the case of Balmum, and therefore, halacha we would view this case um, as a case where if the mikvah was nimdad v'nimsa chaser, that all of the previous tefilos would be problematic. <clears throat> all right. Says the Gemara, halfway down. Hi, Balmum, shepsula b'yachid, hechidami. What's the case of a Balmum? We discussed this earlier in the Bryson, now we're just analyzing. What is the case of a Balmum who is psulo b'yachid, hechidami, where a Balmum can become a Balmum with only one witness? If he's going to combat it, so then 
I'm allowed to argue that. If you say I'm a Balmum and I say, no, I'm not, I'm allowed to argue against you. Ella, it must be the Shasik. If you say that I'm a Balmum and then I'm silent, so then, and then maybe perhaps I'm a Balmum. Maybe the same thing is true, that if a man goes over to a Kohen and says, while well, he's doing the Avodah, by the way, you're a Ben Kurusha or you're a Ben Chalutza, he must have been silent in that case too. And the Katani, we have a Brisa, that a Mikvah can become puzzle with one person, and a Balmum can become puzzle with one person. So what do we see over here? We see that when it comes to something from the world of Arayos, that it's Psulo Bishnaim, not one. And the difference that Rabbi Akiva gave, the reason why Rabbi Akiva compared the case of Mikvah to the case of Balmum and not to the case of Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza is because Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza is in the category of Dvarim Sheva Erva, the Aim Dvar Sheva Erva, Pachos Mishnaim. This is a Raya for the Sheet of Rabbah. What would Abaye do to answer this? We're two-thirds of the way down. No, it's not correct. There really were people who were conflicting. He, he didn't respond uh, silently. He said something. So why then would he be believed? If a guy says that he's not a Balmum, you got to tell him, take off your shirt. Let's see that you're not a Balmum. Okay, let's make sure. You can prove it. Your body's right here. Let's figure it out. We have a bride like this as well. Sabai is able to wriggle out of his concerns uh, with Rava's presentation, and therefore it's possible to understand the Brisa that we just learned a little bit differently. Now let's analyze some of the uh, facts that we learned inside this Brisa. It's not really connected to our Suga directly anymore. We've answered our questions about the uh, Shitas of Rava and Abaye. But the Gemara does want to round out this sugya to make sure we're knowledgeable about, <laughs> about some of the sources. How do we know? How do we know that if a Kohen is found to have been a Ben Gerusha Ben Chalutza while he's on his Mishmar, and somebody calls him out and says, by the way, you're the, your mother was divorced and she married a Kohen and you're the product, how do we know that all of his previous uh, avodas are considered kosher? So to this, the Gemara says, the Pasuk says, doesn't matter, even if you're going to be a Zerah Pasal, even if you're going to be a Chalal, the Ma'is of the Korbanos are still acceptable. But Shmuel Amari gave a different source. Even if you have someone who's a Chulin, someone who's a Chalal, someone who's not the ideal Kohen, the Ma'is of the Korbanos are still acceptable. But Yana Amar Mehacha brings a different Pasuk. Says the Gemara, what do you mean to bring a coin in those days? We want to bring him to a coin who's not in those days. What's with this odd language? Why does it say, why does the Pesach say, we must be talking about a coin who's a different kind of a coin. It's a coin who was Nishchalal, he became a Chalam. So that's how we know that if a Ben Gurusha Ben Chalutza finds out that he, I should say, if a regular coin finds out he's a Ben Gurusha Ben Chalutza while he's doing his avoda, we know that it's all still going to be kosher. All of his previous korbanos are kosher because of one of the various psukim that we just read. What about the other presumption that we saw inside this lengthy brisa here on Samach Bavamid Beis? We are right now at the end of the first middle width line. Balmum de avodas How do we know that if it's determined that a coin in the middle of his avoda as a mum, that everything he's done in the past is also problematic. You have to be shalim. You can't be missing any body parts of significance. Otherwise, you're going to be puzzled. 
Hashalom Ksiv, how can you say that it's uh, being the drasha of Shalom? The Pasik says it's Brisi Shalom. That says the Gemara, Amar Rav Nachman, Vav de Shalom Ketiahi. The Vav of the word Shalom is broken. And what that means, as much as it does look like a Vav, but because of the fact that the Vav is broken, we're able to make a drasha that doesn't sound like Shalom, but rather Shalem. And therefore, we're still able to make our drasha. And a Kohen who finds out that he's a Balmum in the middle of his Avoda is not going to be considered kosher, certainly for the future, and even retroactively would not be considered kosher uh, for anything he's done in the past. We'll stop right here. Emir Tzashem will pick up tomorrow with a recording, starting at the new Mishnah on Samach Vavah Wishing you all a beautiful day.